Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rated LGBT Radio. I am Rob Watson, and... We have a great show for you yet again. Yes, we promised we would, and we do. Um, we're in a musical trend, um, so that's really cool. In fact, if you look at our shows, you're going to think we're not only are we in a musical trend, we seem to be doing it in alphabetical order. Um, last week, uh, if you're a regular listener, you would have heard Brian Ruby, who is a country music singer. Um, and professional baseball player, um, and his new album uh, that that he has just released, that um, is kind of blends good old boy country stuff with um, being LGBTQ and all of that sort of good things. So last year, last week we had Ruby. This week we have an incredibly talented indie singer songwriter named Caleb. Rudy, with a D, Rudy. So we went Ruby, Rudy, and um, next year we go, or next week we go completely out of order, uh, and I'll tell you about that one a little bit later. Um, But today, uh, we have Caleb Ruby, Rudy, I'm doing it already, Um, Caleb Rudy, and Caleb, like Brian, is a master of many different genres and art forms. Um, where Brian was in the sports and country music, Rudy is, I'm sorry, Caleb is full-on singer-songwriter, writes the songs, sings the songs. He has a gorgeous voice, which you'll hear in a few minutes, because we're going to play not one but two of his songs. Um, but he is also a filmmaker. So he creates out of the songs um, – uh, video productions of the songs, directs them, casts them, acts in them. Um, super, super exciting. The arc of this his current project, which is uh, called My Own Volition, um, is a love story, passion story between um, two fictional drifters. And the songs tell the story of the arc of their relationship. Um, So we're going to talk to him more about that. He, um, by the way, he's Los Angeles-based, but he was born and partially raised in Colorado before he moved to Virginia, Montana, Iowa, and California by the age of 12. Um, The rural Midwest and his father's profession as a Christian pastor created the challenging backdrop for Caleb's bisexual identity. So we're going to find out all about his past and how he came up with the creative project, as well as some other accolades that he's earned along the way. Um, before that, we're going to go to Brody Levesque. Brody is not only the producer of the show, but he is also the executive editor of the Los Angeles Blade. Uh, Los Angeles Blade and the Washington Blade are the two online publications you should be checking out every single day. They are filled with original and high-quality LGBTQ journalism. 
They have been recognized by GLAAD as um, this year, as a matter of fact, for excellence in journalism. So there you go, the mothership stamp of approval. Um, but beyond that, they are the quality news stories you want to be reading. And with that, find out what's going on in the world. Here is Brody. Good afternoon, Rob. Good morning. Good day to all of our listeners everywhere. And thank you so much uh, for listening to us every week and subscribing to our podcast. We really appreciate it. I'm going to keep the musical uh, trend going here for a second. The biggest names in country western music or country music or just country gathered in uh, Nashville Wednesday at the Music City Bridgestone Arena for the 57th Annual Country Music Association Awards, which were hosted again this year by country star Luke Bryan and former NFL star Peyton Manning. Walking away with vocal duo of the year were sibling musicians John and T.J. Osborne. T.J., the lead singer of the duo, came out as gay in February of 2021. Uh, Some of the other folks in the audience uh, representing our community uh, were artists Orville Peck, Brandi Carlisle, Little Nas X, Sheila Wright, and Billy Gilman. Uh, An interesting thing, as a footnote to this, that one of the Song of the Year awards, actually the winner, uh, was Tracy Chapman. The New York Times Today did a little piece on Tracy. Uh, apparently she uh, was in a long-time relationship. She hasn't publicly stated uh, where she's at, but her former lover did. So if that is, in fact, the case, um, the song of the year uh, went to a queer black country artist, Tracy Chapman, for Fast Cars. So congratulations to TJ. Congratulations to um Tracy, and of course, congratulations to all uh, of the winners last night at the Country Music Awards. Uh, And uh, so there's that. Uh, Also in the news, this is something that's been kind of going on. Last night, of course, we had the Republican presidential debate. For the most part, they stayed away from our uh, community. However, at the very end, in their uh, summary remarks, Republican Tim Scott, Senator from Florida, I mean, excuse me, South Carolina, Freudian slip, uh, took a shot uh, at the trans community, a little snide remark, uh, which, you know, was kind of one of those things uh, that, you know, to be expected. Uh, Scott uh, told the audience in a statement that if God made you a man, you play sports against men, which, of course, was a dig at trans athletes. So that really wasn't very nice, but that's also par for the course for the Republicans. Other than that, surprisingly, the debate was relatively free of, you know, attacks on our community. Um, Quick reminder to all of our LGBTQ hockey fans. This month, the National Hockey League is doing its annual Hockey Fights Cancer. So check your game schedules. Those of you that follow the sport, wear purple, uh, donate. If you would, please uh, go to uh, HockeyFightsCancer.com. That's the National Hockey League here in Los Angeles. Uh, The L.A. Kings will be doing a special partnership uh, for their game night, uh, November 16th at CryptoCom Arena in downtown L.A. The Kings are taking on the Florida Panthers. 
uh, and they are doing this for uh, World Pancreatic Cancer Day and in partnership with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and that's here in Los Angeles. So for those of you elsewhere across the country and in Canada, check your NHL schedules if you're NHL fans, uh, and let's give these folks uh, some support. Um, Let's talk transfer a minute, Rob. So earlier this week, I did a story uh, as pickup piece from a CBS affiliate out of Sherman, Texas. Now, this is a city that's about roughly 75 miles north of Dallas. Uh, it's a medium-sized city as far as that goes, about probably 44,000 people. The local high school has a very, very, very active uh, theater group. A lot of theater kids do a lot of productions. Uh, and it's really kind of a cool thing. The kids were going to put on and had gotten license to do a student production of the classic Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, Oklahoma. Uh, and they were all set up and ready to go. And the Bearcat in the school's Bearcat Theater at Sherman High School. The kid that won the role as the lead is a trans boy. And he was excited. And he's been in the theater group for a while. He's a senior. Name is Max Hightower. And everything was all set to go. And then his dad, Philip, told KIXX or excuse me, KXII News, the CBS affiliate there in Sherman, that this principal called and said, uh, yeah, no, your kid can't, you know, take the lead because we have a gender policy and, you know, the characters have to be in alignment with their birth gender. I, I kid you not, the principal actually said that, okay, to the kid's father. All right. Then the school board, bless their little hearts as they say in the South, put out a statement, and they were vague. They obfuscated everything. They tried to say there's no policy how students are assigned to roles, but then they got specific as it relates to this particular production, the sex of the role as identified in the script will be used when casting. In other words, Male lead has to have a male student, right? Mind you, Max is a boy. He identifies as a boy. He is a boy. Theater drama student, okay? Now, it was one of those really seriously annoying Texas anti-trans, anti-this stories. Um, You know, it it just, it, it irked me. And so I ran it. And it was ironically the last piece I did of the workday a couple of days ago. I was getting ready to sign off for the night. It was really late. The story was sent to me. I got pissed. And I went, you know what? Screw this. I put it up. It has been trending, number one, at the Los Angeles Blade and our sister publication, the Washington Blade, because we co-publish things. NBC News out picked it up late last night. And my personal Twitter has exploded. Now, mind you, my Twitter is boring, people. It's the Dateline, the lead, and that's it, and a link. I, I, I don't use Twitter to do social commentary or whatever the case is. I just simply put the pieces up and move on down the road. And I let the readers interpret the facts any way they want to. Almost a million people are interpreting the facts on that Twitter, <laughs> and I'm a little shocked. They've been over at our Facebook pages. 
Uh, reactions all over the map. There's a lot of support for Max, for his dad, for the family. I, and then, of course, you've got the hater contingent, which, you know, they're it's bad. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, now, in response to, I should note, that Rob, uh, the host of this show, uh, has been writing uh, pieces called A Gay Dad for many years. Stuff we actually started off at the Huffington Post, and then I inherited him back in the day at LGBTQ Nation. He's worked for a law of equal and a few other things. So he did a dad's letter, okay? And now that thing's getting traffic. So this story has definitely touched on a nerve, and it really speaks to the cravenness and the ugliness of the people that are attacking the trans community. It's, it's all about political ideology. It's all about, you know, erasure. It's, it's all about everything but so-called Christian values. Every time I hear them say that, I vomit a little bit in my mouth because it's about the farthest thing from the truth there is. The, the yeah. one thing about the Christian right is they have to have a boogeyman, regardless of who it is. Yeah, and over the centuries, literally, okay, because the Christian right goes back for centuries, guys. Um, back to the, actually the Spanish Inquisition, I believe, was one that got really ugly. But, I mean, if you look at this, they have to have a boogeyman. You know, in an American culture, contemporary, you know, the boogeyman for a long time was the black community. Go look at your history of lynchings in the 1920s, the civil rights movement. And ironically, some of the same language they used against, you know, white and black folk getting married, they used against our people on our battle for same-sex marriage. It's the same tired trope. They, They use it as a fulcrum. Okay, to get themselves in positions of power or whatever the case is. The reality of it is that there is no real excuse for any of this. It is purely, purely animus predicated on a twisted ideology that bears absolutely no resemblance at all whatsoever to the realities of what I've seen, at least from the more saner members of the religious community, and I'm not a fan of religion at all, but I can tell you, okay, what these people yeah. come up with I, and what I've heard are two different things. Right. Well, actually, I wouldn't I, – I think not that the religious right isn't completely wacko, and, and by the way, um, make about as much sense of what they claim their, their deeply held beliefs are as to where – what the Bible actually says. The two are very, very different. Their belief system is not um, really in concert with what they claim the Bible says. In fact, if Jesus was around, um, they would definitely consider him a liberal Democrat and be absolutely against him. And Trump is, by the way, the furthest thing from what the Bible claims as, as somebody that they should be following, but you know we see how that goes. Um, I think it's a little bit of chicken and egg, however, because I think it is the political right that is hiding under the banner of quote unquote Christianity to justify what they're doing and what they're doing and what this is is fascism. It's like they are finding a scapegoat. They're using this as their political football. And they're the ones that are driving this even more than, quote, unquote, the religious types. If, it was, if religion didn't exist, trust me, 
that Republican conservatives would find somebody else and do it again under that banner. But I want to address why I think your article was so important to highlight and why I wrote the article I did in response to it, because this underscores what you said in that this is not about whether trans kids, either trans males or trans females, can do what cisgender males or cisgender females can do, which is what the big claim is all over the place. And that's being made also by the non-religious people. It isn't about that. It is about the attempt to erase trans kids altogether. And in the article, it's funny you brought up Tim Scott in the debate because Nikki Haley may have kept her mouth shut in the debate yesterday, but she was sure vocal about it before. And, and I would say to the point of being hysterical about it, where she was clutching her pearls and claiming that trans women in sports were causing the suicide rate of teen girls to go up, which is absolute bullshit. And so that's the, the first beat of the drum. They're not done. The thing that is so outrageous about this, they stepped over a line that isn't about what they want. It is more revealing about where they're coming from. Because theater is the last place in the world that you would want to step in and talk about how somebody has to be one gender or the other to play some role. Since Greek theater, back in the ancient Greece, that has never been the case. Women weren't even allowed on stage up through Elizabethan times, and all the women were played by men. And I will point out that the letter that you you talked about from the Texas school board is it has its own duplicity in the letter itself, where it actually makes the statement that it is not going to hold this principle to all productions, that it's this particular production that they're holding the line on. And that's easy to translate. If a trans boy wants to play a male part, that's not allowed. If a cisgender girl wanted to play a male part, they would allow it. So they're so full of crap. This is a big issue on several levels. And thank you for bringing it to the public's attention, Brody. No problem. Like I said, I just, it it really seriously, seriously uh, irks, you know, me greatly when we have to go through these things and we constantly see, you know, this sort of scenario going on and on and on. And I think, you know, the time has come, especially as we start to move in, you know, to an election cycle. You know, folks, look, the elections this week proved that the Republicans, okay, are not monolithic. Monster Liberty who is a hideously, I'll say an evil organization because all they do is target our community with hate and vitriol. They claim it's other things, but let's get real here. They got their asses handed to them in school board races all over the United States. A governor of Kentucky who was expected to get beat was reelected. And in Virginia, where the Democrats had control of the state Senate, and it was really kind of close, and they had no control 
of the lower house of the General Assembly, which is called the House of Delegates in Virginia, okay, they assumed, everybody did, the Republicans would retain control of it. Well, not only did that not happen, but we had our first transgender lawmaker elected as a state senator, someone I actually happen to know. So Danica Rome, Senator Rome, congratulations on your race. Here's a shout-out from California. She was a longstanding member of the minority Democrats in the House of Delegates. She ran as an open transgender Democrat and was elected, beating a Republican opponent. And then, which beggars the imagination, the Democrats got control of both houses of the Virginia General Assembly, which effectively now blocks a horribly transphobic and, quite frankly, nasty governor who's just about as bad as DeSantis, maybe a little slicker, from causing even more harm because now for the rest of Yonkin's term as governor, he can't push through a hate agenda except by right. executive order. So, folks, what? And don't forget uh, what happened gonna, in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio? Oh, oh absolutely, 100%. Okay? Yeah, you know, abortion rights will now be enshrined in Ohio's Constitution protecting women protecting women's rights. This is critically important. Folks, look, we're now going to be an election year with all sorts of question marks and drama. Get out there and vote. Pay attention to these races. Pay attention to what's going on. But here's the thing, and Rob said it a few minutes ago, don't kid yourself. The Republicans aren't about governing. I mean, we're looking at a federal shutdown in two weeks because they can't even get appropriations bills passed, and they're fighting each other over a continuing resolution to keep the government clean because they don't want, you know, the Democrats, they don't want the Biden. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we we have four members of the Republican House try to reduce the White House press secretary's salary to a dollar, and, oh, so they also tried to get Pete Buttigieg's salary, okay, to a dollar because they don't like their job. They don't like what they're doing. Mind you, the White House press press secretary happens to be black and queer, and the U.S. Secretary of Transportation happens to be gay. 2024 is going to be critical. We just saw from Tuesday's elections that elections matter. Votes matter. People, people, people. Please get out there. Vote. Work on campaigns. You know, we've got... Friends of the show out there working hard. Shout out to David Hogg and his crew, Cameron Driggers, Jack Petz, and the crew in Florida, Will Larkins. These kids are doing it right. The Gen Zers are doing it right. Get out there and do this because Republicans cannot govern. All they are interested in is power and control. And there is actually, and I know this is Godwin's law, I probably shouldn't even do it, but if you want to go back into history and you look at the time period, 1931, to 1934, when the Nazis took party in Germany, a lot of the same, same ideology and propaganda being used in that time period is being used by the Republicans now, okay? Only it's not the Jewish people that are being targeted. It's us. It's immigrants. It's this. It's that. Folks, and with that, Rob, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, and just one final point, not that we're beating a dead horse, but one of the, the issues and why I wrote the letter I did um, to this school board in Texas was that as a parent, you want your child to excel and to be the best version of themselves. 
That's what is pretty universal for a lot of parents. And when a school board is suppressing that uh, for whatever reason, they're no longer doing their jobs and they need to go. And I think that was some of the message that came out yesterday in the election to these Moms for Liberty types, which again is such a huge misnomer. Anyway, let's pivot in a very big way. We're going to go musical. We're going to go um, man to man romantic. Um, and I want to welcome to the show our guest today, Caleb Rudy. Caleb, thanks for being so patient. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So um, we've got two two songs loaded up that we want to play, but give us a little overview of the concept album uh, that you have coming out. That There's one more song to be released on it. But uh, tell us what, what it's all about. Totally, yeah. So this is my uh, debut EP. It's called My Own Volition. And um, it's a visual EP, so that means that each song on the record has a, a visual to go with it. Um, and I've been releasing these songs and their accompanying videos um, one at a time. And um, each of them is a chapter in this greater love story between these two um, drifters. And, uh, yeah, I've released four so far. Uh, if you're just entering into the picture with this last one, we're at a pretty dark uh, time in the story. Um, but, you know, the first couple of videos and songs you can have a lot of fun with and, and then sort of take, take the journey into the depths with us. Um, and then the next song, the, the final song will be coming out next year and that will kind of complete the, the EP. So yeah, one, one more song and video and, uh, that'll be, that'll be a wrap. Oh, sorry. So of the songs that are out, the songs that are out now are Selfish, which is the most recent, um, mm-hmm. 18 Mess and Tornado. What is the correct build order of the of the four yeah so um the correct order is it's how they came out so it's uh 18 mess tornado and then selfish so um at least yeah at least visually the way that it kind of goes you know we start out myself and this other character we're um living in a sort of a mobile home in the mountains and uh, very much in love and uh, falling even deeper in love. And then the second song and video mess, um, we kind of move inside the trailer and the audience gets to witness an intimate moment between us. Um, by the third song and video, Tornado, we've, we've started to abuse um, drugs and we're living in a, a pretty derelict uh, apartment um, things are starting to get rocky. We're still in love, but you, you know, there, you can tell there's trouble on the way or trouble already there. Um, so the audience gets to kind of peek in on another intimate moment with us, but also a pretty heated argument. Um, and you also see my character, uh, with what looks like an overdose happening at the end of the video. Right. And then on selfish, which has just come out, um, that's, 
my character battling withdrawal from uh, drugs and alcohol and also um, his partner um, alone in his apartment. Um, so that's, that's where we're at right now in the story is me sort of in the wake of what looks like it's a breakup. And what, what kind of took you on this journey um, for this kind of story, which was, first of all, very well acted. Um, a lot of the visuals are um, both romantic and, and somewhat erotic or, or erotic. Mm-hmm. Maybe, there, maybe there's no qualification in there. Um, you know, but it's very passionate, very, very real. I, I just suppose that to an earlier work of yours of teen movie, where you're, you know, squeaky clean, dancing with a girl, you know, you know, high school prom, you know, complete other world. What took you from teen movie to my own volition? That's a good question. I feel like there's so many uh, things to that, to answer that. Um, and after I released teen movie, I did have a lot to to kind of reflect on. I think it was a bittersweet release because it was something at the time that I was really passionate about. Um, I actually do love, so a teen movie, like there's a a lyric, you know, I could love you like a teen movie, you know, meet you at the prom and say I'm sorry. And so for me, that was sort of paying homage to all these teen movies that I really do love and um, an innocence, like a quality that, I still really do feel connected to, and um, I still watch, you know, teen movies all the time. <laughs> and I think there's, <laughs> there's something really sweet about um, remembering, you know, those times and not forgetting the innocence that existed before we kind of grew up and were faced with some harsh realities. But so for teen movie, it was like a, it was a very sincere kind of, um, thing on my part, but I think that there was an element to it as well where I was trying to maybe be my most likable self. Like when you said squeaky clean, I think I was trying to figure out how I might be able to come across in a way that's going to reach the most people and maybe be the, yeah, just the most squeaky clean version. And So then I, I left the, um, that experience feeling really accomplished. I mean, that was a music video that I didn't direct, but I came up with the treatment for and was an executive producer and, you know, like um, organized all the dance rehearsals and like hired all the people. And like, I really got to exercise a lot of muscles in that way. And so I walked away feeling really proud, but a little like, um, like I just wanted to, be more authentic. You know, there was a part of me that just wanted more expression um, and, and to, to let go of trying to be something for other people in any way and just connect to just making art the way that I want to only, you know, like not, not worrying about how it's going to yeah. be received, but just what do I want to say? What do I want to see? What do I want to be, um, and just having that being the North star. So um, that kind of did lead me eventually to, yeah, this project where I, even in the recording of the music, you know, I, 
I worked with a producer I had worked with all the way back when I made a demo back in 2016. And I felt really comfortable with him. I trusted him. And I knew that I wanted to work with him again because we had such a shorthand and we had, um, I trusted his instincts and I also knew that he would respect mine and that we could collaborate in a way that was honoring of um, that North star that I mentioned, you know, just like remaining true to myself. So from the music to then dreaming up the videos to, to the content of the videos, I really, everything was instinctual. It was just, what do I think is cool? What do I want to say? Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the journey that it took between teen movie and this project. Yeah. It's interesting because even though, I mean, they could not sort of gen or, um, genre wise be more different. Um, mm -hmm. the through line of the heart, I mean, you can see mm -hmm. the same romantic heart that you had in teen movie. You still see that in mm -hmm. my own volition, even though, Obviously, it goes down a dark path and everything else, but the passion and love in this expressed with you and you know the the other actor there um, mm. is like palatable. It's it's really you know incredible and profound to witness. Um, let's, mm. if you don't mind, let's go ahead and play tornado since that's the sure. first of the two in the sequence and. Um, and we'll be right back after that. But here is Tornado from the EP, My Own Volition. You've been 
you know, you're, you might be at home on a Sunday night at 9 p.m. just thinking, like, all of my problems in life are because of me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, yeah. I'm the core well, issue here, and I have, you know, what's, I'm going nowhere, I am nowhere, you know, like, the, those kind of yeah. feelings that we, I think, all get. So that, this song is kind of expressing that feeling, too. Yeah, and in Tornado, I mean, it's like, to your point, I, I get the storyline, but I think there's some poignancy in a lot of your lyrics, and, and there you've got some kind of really effective hooks in there um, mm. that are, to me, are really talking about, in especially a new passionate relationship where mm-hmm. in your mind you have this ideal of who you want the other person to be, and, mm. you know, they're... You know, and who they pretend to be sometimes, you know, yeah. whether intentionally or inadvertently. And so that I think yeah. that, that, you know, don't lie to me, just lie with me, and I want to wake up and see you the way I want to see you kind of mm. um, emotion, I think, is fairly universal, even if drugs and alcohol aren't involved. So, but, um, yeah. so I think, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of depth to it. But Thank you, yeah. The, no, go, go, go no, I love how <laughs> you said that beautifully. <laughs> it's, like, though. It's, it's part of my arrogance as a podcast host here. Um, but uh, let's let's listen to the next song, which is "Selfish," and this is the most the latest release off the EP with one more song to come after it. But uh, here we go. Here is "Selfish" by Caleb Rudy.
relationship that I had in my um, early 20s, uh, like right at the, you know, like 2021. 20, and um, I, it's kind of a, it's kind of a complicated thing to talk about because at the time that I wrote it, I was feeling really selfish and I, I was taking on um, the blame for how things had gone. And I think that with a little bit more maturity, um, I'm able to see what happened with clearer vision and see that it, you know, mm-hmm. water seeks its own level. That's a phrase that comes to mind, you know, like I think myself and my partner at that time were both maybe kind of pretty selfish, you know, and, um, and we both had a lot of growing to do. I mean, we were both very young, but regardless of, how I can intellectualize it now with, with more hindsight, when I wrote it, it, I was struggling with those feelings of, um, 
this is on me. Like this whole thing is on me. And um, I think I was, like you said, because I, I was, had recently gotten sober and um, yeah, just trying to, to get, get that out, you know, just trying to, mm-hmm. to get the addiction out, trying to get the experience out and, and find light. Um, and so I'm sure that finding light, you know, part of the process of finding it was kind of getting out the darkness through this song. <laughs> so, but, yeah, you know, no, it's kind of definitely. Easily, yeah. But. yeah. So um, one of your influences that you've stated is um, uh, Lana Del Rey, who is mm-hmm. definitely a, I feel it, I'm putting it out into my music person. I mean, she's mm-hmm. sort of like this clear conduit. And obviously your passions and feelings and emotions all are coming out through your music. Um, what is, What's kind of your end game? What what is where do you want this to go for yourself? I mean, if I can dream big, you know, I I I want to be, I guess, a successful artist. You know, I want to be able to tour, um, and uh, yeah, play shows. I at some point, um, it would be really cool to cross over from whether or not I stay independent in the way that I'm making music, but kind of cross over into maybe a more um, mainstream audience or um, yeah, I, I would just like to have, have a few more people listening <laughs> than are listening now. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, I think the goal is just to, to have people witness you and, and hopefully be impacted by your music, um, like deeply impacted. And regardless of how many people are, it is like the story that you just shared about how this reminded you of your own recovery journey um, I've heard from a couple other people ways that um, maybe a song that I had written like deeply impacted me. And those are the moments that it's like, oh yeah, like that's, that's why I'm doing this, you know, regardless of the, whatever the outcome will be, you know, um, getting, being able to connect or have my soul connect with yours, my experience connect with yours like that um, is, you know, the ultimate part of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and I get that because I write and, you know, it's like when, you know, it, it feels sadistic, but when somebody reads something I write and they, they're crying at the end of it, I feel like I've done my job, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, it, but you want, it's not just, you know, you want a lot of people to hear it, but you want them moved, you know, and and to have an impact on them, which your music mm-hmm. absolutely does. It's like, it's, it's, it's uh, deep, effective, and on a lot of different levels. Um, one of the things in your background, you were raised um, by a Christian pastor. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we were talking about at the top of the show, you know, when you are of a, an other than straight um, sexual orientation, that doesn't always fly well. How did you cope with your sexual identity and how you were raised? Um. It was kind of hard at first. I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. It was a challenge to maybe even first accept that you have feelings for, um, you know, your same gender. <laughs> um, yeah. To kind of realize that and admit it to yourself. But by the time that, you know, I was in high school, I think at first I was maybe 
when I was realizing it, I spent some time trying to pray it away. But um, I was also really excited by these feelings because as an artist like you, your, your emotions are like your, your life form, you know, like, like they're your, or um, mm-hmm. everything flows out of that. And so when you're experiencing new ones and you're like, wow, like this is, you know, you want to write about it. You want to sing about it. You want, you want to tell the world about it. Um, so that was kind of happening at the same time that I was scared of it or worried about what the reaction was going to be from my parents. And, um, it was kind of mixed in that way. And then ultimately, uh, I, I kind of ended up being outed, not of my own, you know, before my own choosing. So I was outed at school mm. by a, a friend and then my parents also found out, um, on their own, uh, within that same year. And it was a very painful time. Um, I felt very alone and, um, in my experience at school with being out, it was kind of humiliating. And then also with my parents, you know, they, they wanted me to, they urged me to go to conversion therapy and I did, uh, oh my God. that for, mm-hmm, for, for a handful of, of times. Um, it wasn't like a sleepaway camp or something like in the, the movies, but it, it was at a therapist's office and it was, right. you know, let's figure out what went wrong with you to make you, you know, bad. And, um, so I ultimately stopped going to that. I I knew well enough, had a, my um, wits about me to see that there wasn't much credit to to what they were doing, and there wasn't you know the success rate of of conversion therapy is very low, and it, I could kind of feel that it was damaging, and um, so I stopped. And it became an elephant in the room for a long time with my parents. Um, but ultimately over the years, they came to accept me, you know, I have older siblings and we all kind of put them through the ringer with our own different gray areas. You know, things are very black and white, um, or at least they were for my parents at the time. And in in the, I guess, sect of uh, Christianity that I was in at the time, things were very black and white, but all of us exposed them to the gray that they had to deal with, um, and whether if that was just like outright just rebellion from my older sister or, or you know, some mm-hmm. other issue with my other sister or my sexuality, like it was, they really had to, they were faced with it. And luckily they chose relationship. They chose family. They chose love over um, ideas, you know? Uh, right. They, and so I think for my parents, even though, you know, we were, I was like raised in 90s, whatever Christianity was in the 90s is very evangelical, you know, it's very, um, maybe not, I don't know if love was leading the way, but for my parents within their heart, like, I can look back and see, okay, that was a really hard time. They had a really hard time with this. And it was um, hard for me as well. But throughout their lives, like the guiding force has been love for them. And so it's not a surprise to me that ultimately, even though it took a little bit of time, it did, it did come down to love for them and and they love me and accept me. That's excellent. Yeah. That was my, my family experience as well. And I have to say, I love one thing is just, you know, because of what your, your, your film and your work could have been, it, it doesn't play the, 
oh, this is a coming out story, it plays, it goes right to the heart of a relationship that just happens to be same sex, which is mm-hmm. um, actually helps explore really, uh, really on a deeper level. Um, mm-hmm. Caleb, unfortunately, we are out of time. I wish we weren't, but um, <laughs> no worries. you are beautiful. Your music is beautiful. Where can people get um, uh, the singles and my own coalition when that comes out? Yeah, so all of um, my music is available wherever you stream. So if that's Spotify, Apple, YouTube, any streaming service, you can find me under Caleb Rudy. That's Caleb with a K and Rudy with a D. Um, and if you want to check out the videos for each of these four songs, um, you can find those on YouTube. And, yeah, just look out for um, My Own Volition um, coming out next early next year. That's when the final song will drop and the whole thing will kind of come together as one full project. So you can find those on all of those streaming services when it becomes available in early 2024. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, thank you for being you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for sharing your music. Please do go get the singles. Don't wait for the whole EP. Um, but when the Holy Peep comes out, go get that too. Um, that is it for us for today for Rated LGBT Radio. And next week on the schedule is none other than Alaska, a la the RuPaul fame and glory. Um, so we will be talking to her and very excited about that. Um, for those of us at Rated LGBT Radio, we hope you have a good week. Don't forget to read the Los Angeles Blade, losangelesblade.com. Uh, like I said, I have a brand new article on there. Um, there are tons of articles by Brody Levesque, so check those out. And with that, we will see you again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. 